turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shills of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. We are wrapping up a series of messages we've been involved in for the last number of weeks. We took a little break with, of course, James Brown being with us and then Nick Vujicic being with us as well. But today is our eighth installment in this series. If you've missed any of the messages, I would really encourage you to go back to our online archives and pick up any messages that you've missed as a part of this eight-week series together, and we're wrapping it up today. Just a quick announcement about next week. It's July the 4th weekend. I feel like God has given me a special message uh, for us together next week, so don't miss that message. And then in the month of July, starting the second week of July, we start our summer series together uh, about the God of promises. We're going to talk about eight different names of God, the power of God's name and the promise that comes to us through the aspects of the names of God. And I assure you, it's going to be very inspirational and encouraging to your life. Today, I want to talk to you about the payoff of friendships. Why should you and I invest ourselves in relationships as we've been talking about over these weeks together? Why should you give your best efforts to the friendships and relationships of your life? The first thing I want to remind you of is the Bible teaches us very clearly that true friendships are a rare treasure in your life. You know, when we use that phrase rare and treasure together, it's very powerful. A treasure is something that is highly valued in your life. There are things that you treasure. And there are certain treasures that are rare, that are they're hard to come by. And friendships is not only a treasure, a friendship, a true friendship, and a true friend is a rare treasure. They are hard to find. In fact, it's been said that a true friend is someone who walks into your life when everybody else walks out of your life. And how true that is for each one of us to realize that friends are really indeed a rare treasure. And the Bible is very clear about this. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24 says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Obviously the greatest friend of all. We sang about friendship with Jesus today. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother, but but God also gives us human beings, human friendships that stick close to us as well. They are a a rare treasure. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves not just when it's convenient, not just when you're doing well, but a friend loves when? At all times. And a brother is born not for prosperity, but for adversity. How do you know who your true friends are? 
You know who your true friends are, not when you're prospering. If you've got a lot of money in your pocket, things are going well, it's amazing how many people can show up at your house. How many people want to be your friend when everything's going well, but when life turns in a different direction, you will know who your true friends are. A brother or a sister, a true friend is born for a time not just of prosperity, but for a time of adversity. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. Can we find people that will be faithful? And when we do, to recognize that these folks are a rare treasure in our lives. When it comes to friendships, I do believe it's important for us to continue throughout our lives to try to expand our friendships, to build as many friendships as possible. But I would also caution you to remember that you should never confuse the width of friendships with the depth of friendships. Let me say that again. You should never confuse the width of friendships, having lots of, quote, friends, with having deep friendships in your life. Because the friendships that most affect you are not how many friends you have, but the depths of relationships that you have in your life. And your greatest friendships come from having deeper relationships. I'm so thankful for some amazing people that I have long-term relationships with in my life. They're deep friendships. And you may not have lots of them in your life, and that's okay. But you do need a few really close friends friends that you value and that you appreciate because true friendships are a rare treasure. Never take them for granted. And I would encourage you today, when was the last time that you expressed your appreciation, your love, your your deep thankfulness and gratitude to those folks who are true friends in your life? If you haven't done so recently, I would encourage you that when you go home today to maybe pick up the phone and give a phone call to that dear friend of yours or to text them and say, I just want you to know that I deeply appreciate the friendship that we have. Thank you for being with me, not just in the moments of prosperity, but thank you for being with me in the moments of adversity. I realize that you are a rare treasure in my life. The second lesson today What are the payoffs of friendships? We must understand that true friendships actually propel us forward with life. Relationships will always have two potential impacts on your life. You'll also have two potential impacts on other people in their lives. You'll either hold someone back or you'll propel them forward. And your friends will either hold you back or they will propel you forward. It's always going to have... See, friendships are never neutral. Friendships will either hold you back or friendships will propel you forward. As I was thinking about this in preparation for this message a few weeks ago, I was thinking about some biblical examples of people that propelled others forward in their relationship because they were friends. Let me tell you about one story that you're familiar with. This is a story of King David. King David was the second king of Israel. First king of Israel was Saul. Saul had a son by the name of Jonathan, who was the heir apparent to the throne. Obviously, Jonathan was the prince that was going to take over and become the king of Israel when Saul died. But Jonathan realized that the anointing for kingship was on David, not on himself. And so Jonathan became a friend to David, and Jonathan actually protected David when his very own father wanted to kill him. And the friendship that Jonathan shared with David and David with Jonathan propelled David into his kingship. David would have never been king had it not been for the hand of Jonathan in his life. He was a friend that propelled him forward. Dear ones, understand today that in your life, your friends will take you to your destiny. 
And David's friend Jonathan took him to his destiny in his life. Let me tell you about another story. It's a story of two prophets, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah comes first, and Elijah was an amazing man of God, and Elisha becomes the servant of Elijah. As it comes time for Elijah's life to be over, he knows he's going to be taken up into heaven, and Elisha is desiring the anointing of God upon his life that Elijah actually, he wants a double portion anointing of what Elijah had in his life. And so as Elijah is getting ready to depart from this world and go into heaven, Elisha makes the decision to stay as close to him as possible. And every time that Elijah, you can read about this in 2 Kings chapter 2, every time Elijah tried to encourage Elisha to move on with his life, Elisha said, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm staying right beside you. And he was there when Elijah was taken up into heaven, and there came the anointing or the mantle of blessing upon Elisha. And he began to do double the miracles that Elijah did because he maintained the right relationship in his life. Please understand that your friends will propel you forward with your life if you choose the right friends. Paul speaks of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, says, do not be misled. What does it mean to be misled? That you end up in the wrong direction. You end up in the wrong place. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now let me flip that around for you. Good company promotes good character. If bad company promotes bad character, then good company promotes good character in your life. True friendships are very important because they propel you forward and they take you to your God-designed destiny. Here's the third thing today. Why are friendships and relationships important in our lives? Because true friendships sustain and strengthen us. Life is a journey. Journeys have to be sustained. You have to keep going on a journey. See, a journey is getting somewhere, but there's a process in getting there. And this journey called life has ups and downs. This journey called life has joys and sorrows. This journey called life has moments when there are unexpected blessings. And this journey called life has times when there are unexpected disappointments that will come your way. You're going to have some successes in your life, and you're also going to have some failures. Life is not a straight trajectory. You're going to have the ups and downs, the bumps and bruises that go along with life, and you need to be sustained. And foundationally, we need the Lord to sustain us. He needs to be your first and foremost friend. Because only God can get you through the most challenging moments of life. The psalmist David understood the value of his friendship with God. When he writes these words in Psalm 3, verse 5, 5, I lie down and sleep, I wake again, because who sustains me? The Lord sustains me. Psalm 54, verse 4, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who does what? Who sustains me. He writes to the Philippians, or Paul writes to the Philippian believers in Philippians 4, 19. And my God, my God, he knew God in a very personal way. My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. If you haven't learned this yet, please be reminded today that there are going to be times in life when people either cannot or will not be there to help you. There are going to be times in life when people are going to disappoint you. They're going to let you down. And that's why you need God to sustain you. Today is the 25th of June, 2023. 37, almost 37 years ago to the date, June 28, 1986, 
my wife and I, along with our two little daughters at, the, at that time, moved to Gaithersburg, Maryland. We arrived in Gaithersburg, Maryland on the 28th of June, 1986. With a calling of God in our lives to plant a church, we did not know a single soul in Montgomery County, Maryland. We knew no one in this area at all, but we knew that God had called us here to plant a church. And so, obviously, we arrived with, with a lot of fears and a lot of concerns, and certainly I had a lot of questions about how is this going to work, and will a church ever get started, will anyone even come, and where are we going to meet, and all those questions, but I knew that God had called us, to the best of my understanding, I knew that God had called us to start this church called Church of the Redeemer, and, and I had this passion and calling in my heart, but I didn't know how it was going to work out, but now I'm looking back 36, 37 years later, and I can look Look back and say, the Lord has sustained us for 37 years, okay? And we're here today because of the sustenance of God, because God sustains. And what I want you to know is it's not just a story for me, it's a story for you also. You are here today because God has sustained you. You would not be here today if it were not for the sustaining power of God when people walked out of your life and when people disappointed you and when other people rejected you perhaps in your journey. God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be the God that carries you through. I will sustain you. You need the friendship of God in your life. If you don't have a friendship with God, you need to start that friendship with God today. You need, a, you need God as being your sustainer. But God also uses people to sustain us. And sometimes his sustenance comes through people. Precious and wonderful people that he places in our lives. Let me quickly share with you a story that we find in the book of Exodus. So you'll understand a little bit about the sustaining power of God at work in someone's life by the name of Moses. I think all of us would agree that Moses was a very powerful man. He had an amazing relationship with God. God was his friend. This is the guy that goes on the top of Mount Sinai and receives two tablets inscribed by the very finger of God. And here is Moses who has this amazing encounter with God, but he still needed people in his life. As the children of Israel came out of Egyptian slavery after 400 years, they crossed over the Red Sea or through the Red Sea miraculously, and they started their journey toward Mount Sinai and ultimately heading toward the Promised Land. But on their way to Mount Sinai, something happened. They came under attack. They were attacked by a group of people called the Amalekites. Notice what it says in Exodus 17, verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. So they've just come out of Egypt. They had this miraculous moment. They're on their way to Mount Sinai, and the Bible says they're attacked by the Amalekites in this moment. Now, notice what happens in the story. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And so we see now that here's this battle going on. Here are the Amalekites attacking the Israelites, and Moses says, Joshua, you go down in and, and the valley, and you fight the battle. I'm going up to the mountaintop to pray. And Aaron and Hur went to the mountaintop with him as the priest of God. So that here we see the picture. Joshua's on the battlefield. Moses is on the top of the mountain. And Aaron and Hur, priest, are there with him. Take a look now with me at verse 11. As long as Moses held up his hands, what happened? The Israelites were winning. 
But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And so here's Moses on the top of the mountain. Joshua's in the valley fighting the battle. And Moses has his hands lifted to God, symbolizing his intercession, his prayer. And as long as Moses had his hands up, what happened on the battlefield? Joshua is victorious. The Israelites are winning. And as soon as Moses put his hands down, the battle turned to the opposite direction. The Amalekites started to win. So would you agree Moses' hands being up, very important, right? Okay, very important. Now let's see what happens next. Verse 12. When Moses' hands grew, what's the next word there? Tired. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So as this battle is continuing, Moses has his hands up. But if you ever tried, just think about holding your hands up. If I even asked you to do it for five minutes, it would be difficult, right? Okay. So Moses grows tired, and every time he grows tired, what happens to his hands? They come down, and the battle turns in the other direction. And so Aaron and Hur make a decision. We've got to help him. We've got to be there to assist him. He needs our sustenance. He's tired. And so they get a rock for him to sit on, and Aaron gets on one side, and Hur gets on the other, and they come under the arms of Moses, and they hold his arms up, and, of course, the victory is won. That's what the next verse tells us. In fact, it says in verse, verse number 13, so Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Here's what I want you to see. That victory would not have been possible had it not been for Joshua on the battlefield, Moses on the mountaintop, and Aaron and Hur providing the sustenance needed for Moses to sustain the victory, right? And that's why friendships are important in life, because you need people that can hold your arms up in times of difficulty, and you need to be a person that can hold other people's arms up in times of difficulty in their lives. Why? Because victory depends upon it. Are you hearing me? Okay. Victory often depends upon who's holding your arms up and whose arms you're holding up in life. And so that role is extremely important, and God sustained Moses through people. There's another story I want to tell you about very quickly. It's the story of Ruth. Now, there's some characters that you need to understand in the story of Ruth. Uh, Ruth was was uh, an Israelite lady who married an Israelite man, and they experienced some famine in Israel, so they decided to move to a place called Moab. And so they moved out to Moab to take care of their family and raise their sons there. They had two sons, and their two sons married two Moabite daughters. The two daughters were Orpah, and Ruth, not Oprah, but Orpah, okay? Orpah, Orpah, and Ruth, okay? And these were the two daughters that married, the daughters-in-law that married the sons of, of, of Naomi and her husband, okay? So Naomi, Naomi's husband died, and after 10 years, the, her two sons died as well. And so she's left as a, as a widow, and her two daughters-in-law are, have, have no husbands either. So there are three ladies left in Moab. Naomi is the Israelite. And so Naomi says, you know what? I'm going back to Israel again. I'm not going to stay here in Moab. I'm going to go back to the land of my family where, where my God is worshipped. And so she looks at Orpah, daughter-in-law, and Ruth, a daughter-in-law, and says, you guys stay here. This is your homeland. You stay here. I'm going back to Israel. Now, Orpah said, okay, I'm going to stay here, and she stayed in Moab. Let's pick up the story. I'm taking you somewhere with this. 
In verse 15 of Ruth chapter 1, it says, Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to the people and her God. So now Naomi is speaking to Ruth. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, here's what I want you to see. Ruth replied, she's talking to Naomi now. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Let's stop there for a moment. So here's the story. Naomi says, hey, Ruth, Orpah's gone back to Moab to live there with her family. I'm going to Israel. Why don't you stay where she's staying? And Ruth says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going where you go. Where you go, I go. Where you live, I live. Where you die, I die. You can't separate me from you. I'm hanging with you. I am your friend. Can you imagine how encouraging it must have been to Naomi to have Ruth that committed to her? And of course, we know the story that they go back to Israel. And ultimately, if you read the book of Ruth, it's an amazing story because Ruth is introduced to a man by the name of Boaz and marries Boaz. And then they give birth to a son by the name of Obed. And Obed gives birth and his family gives birth to a young man by the name of Jesse. Jesse grows up and gets married and gives birth to a man by the name of David. And so we find that Ruth, because she made the right decision to hang out with the right people, ends up in the lineage of Jesus Christ, our Savior, the line of David. Amen. You never know. See, who you hang out with makes a difference in your life, okay? Who you connect yourself with makes a difference in your life. As I mentioned a moment ago, it propels you forward or it leads you backward. It sustains you. It strengthens you. Both of these stories illustrate this point. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Hi, this is Pastor Dale O'Shields of Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. I want to invite you to tune in to our weekly radio program titled Practical Living right here on WAVA every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. 
And I also would encourage you to join us for one of our weekend worship services. All the information about services and locations can be found at our website at church-redeemer.org. That's church-redeemer.org.